Today, I'm knocking around with someone who is a living example of how nutrition, mindfulness, meditation, and exercise can change your life. She is a picture of health, most definitely in shape. Her hair is glossy, her skin is dewy, and she absolutely has that eye-catching kind of glow, the kind of person we all aim to be a little or a lot more like. This dedicated nutritionist is all about sharing positive change, altering habitual behavior, and ultimately nourishing the body. Her world is devoting to living healthier, fitter, and happier. She'll not only teach you to whip up a well-balanced meal, she'll take you through your vinyasa flow and morning meditation too. She's got the modern woman's 360 approach nailed. Like any journey, there is a before and after. The before sounds like that of any typical young person, peppered with low-calorie ready meals, shortcuts to lose weight and plenty of alcohol. Experiencing physical and medical side effects from this quick and all-too-easy lifestyle, something had to change. Dietary research, training in nutrition and some minor tweaks here and there brings us to the after. She has now introduced her legions of followers to her three-pillar philosophy. One move, two munch and three meditate. I hope I've got that right. The results will leave you healthier and happier than you have ever been before. Not only is she reckoned with a lifestyle overhaul, which in turn has become a hugely successful business, she is the author of three books which offer a more detailed vision of her philosophy. Filled with endless easy to prepare recipes, useful, practical tips on how to feel and look better. If you still have some spare time, there's also a podcast in the mix too. If you've not pieced together the puzzle and guessed who this week's guest is, then let me leave you guessing no longer. This week, I'm in the kitchen of Madeline Shaw. Hello. Hello. I want to say welcome to your kitchen, but thanks for having me in your kitchen. <laughs> what an intro. That I'm... was a real tongue twister. Why did I write so much? I feel like I'm blushing. I'm loving the intro. It's fantastic. <laughs> Good. Um, I have to say, I dug deep. I dug pretty deep into the archives of the world of Madeline Shaw um, <laughs> on the research front. And uh for me, there feels like there's some hope on my part <laughs> that change or a lifestyle overhaul is possible. A hundred percent. Tell us a bit about the impetus to kind of this lifestyle overhaul. I know it was a long time ago, but um, what what kind of tell us the journey? Where did it start? So for me, it all began when I moved to Australia. My parents are actually from New Zealand, but I was always obsessed with Australians when I would meet them, I'd be like, oh my God, what's it like? I don't know. I just always visioned that it was this most magical place and ended up going there on my gap year and stayed there for four years. So and you didn't uni. come back? <laughs> Literally, well, I eventually came Briefly. back. But oh. yeah, my parents were a bit upset, but it was the most amazing experience. And I went there really not knowing anyone, but life just worked out for me. Yeah. Um, and while I was living over there, I had really bad IBS and I was trying to figure out what was causing it. So did you recognize it as IBS at the time? Because I feel like this kind of IBS is very kind of current and I don't know how, you know, how well recognized it was back then. Do you know what? It wasn't that well recognized. Not saying you're old. All that time ago. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So yeah, God, this is what, nine years ago. Trying to think. Yeah, about nine years ago. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a term that was like banded around, but I think it still was a diagnosis that GPs gave. And I went to see this naturopath and she overhauled my diet. And I thought I was eating very healthy, like low calories, you know, lots of fruit and rice cakes and diet drinks. And of course, a lot of booze as well, as you said. I mean, I was a teenager slash early 20s. So yeah, that's the the right passage. You should be doing that. Exactly. But um, I ended up eating in this cafe so much they gave me a job. 
and fell in love with it. And I think I'd always, I I never knew what I wanted to do in life. Like I wasn't particularly good at anything at school. Um, You know, I would always come home to my mom and I'd say, mom, you know, I'm not the bottom of class of everything. And she was like, you're good at smiling. And you know, that's a really lovely trait. (laughs) I know. I have amazing parents who always kind of helped like show me what I was good at. And, you know, even if it wasn't necessarily what my teachers were saying. Um, And yeah, I never knew what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted a job I loved. And I tried everything from investment banking. So I was quite good at maths at school to uh, dog walking, to fashion, to interior design. And the minute I landed in this cafe, I was like, this is it for me. Like, I don't know how I will carve this as a career, but I just loved cooking, loved learning about nutrition. So you were cooking in the kitchen? In the cafe. In the kitchen, in the cafe, (laughs) two different words. And it was a fantastic cafe because it was attached to a gym. um, And it was like a sort of natural movement gym where everyone worked out barefoot and also topless. So For women? (laughs) This sounds interesting. (laughs) Not for women. Oh, I was like, I've not read that on any of your websites. But, um, you know, I mean, it was it was a nice thing to kind of look at while you were cooking away. So it had its right. benefits. OK, <laughs> I can say I've got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I ended up starting up a food blog and I also moved to Australia for a little bit, uh, working, cooking. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, moved to France for a little okay. bit, working, cooking and then moved back to London about s- almost seven years ago. And was trying to figure out how I was going to make this a career. I kind of told my parents, I was like, I want to do something in nutrition and food. So I ended up studying uh, nutrition and also needed to make money. So I started doing supper clubs in London. And this girl said, you should meet this. Very healthy. Were they like not vegan or just. Exactly. Because at the time, you know, we're, yeah, we're talking, you know, almost seven over, almost seven years ago and there was just nothing yeah of course. you know it really just wasn't a big thing at all um so I was like I need to create a space where people can understand that healthy eating is lifestyle like that was my thing like it can be for everyone yeah and this girl said you should meet this guy he's got this restaurant go go see him so I went and met him uh and ended up doing supper clubs there and coincidentally he's also my boyfriend and the father of my child really? now oh so it was like this, this is her pleasure yeah. so it was like it was perfect it all worked out really well so um did uh supper clubs at his restaurant Boma for maybe three years alongside doing like talks um and cooking for people whenever I could yeah. And that was kind of the beginning of it all. And I think I really had this like deep feeling of like healthy living needs to be about lifestyle. It needs to be about enjoyment. It's about crowding in, not cussing out. And I think the narrative that had been spoken about for such a long time was like diet and deprivation this. and like yeah. a week of not eating and then, you know, juices. And exactly. Like, it was all quite extreme, wasn't it? It was very like Atkins and like that era. There was always a different diet. A hundred percent. And I think that's what I kind of, my mission and I guess things have evolved and changed and the world of kind of online has completely exploded um, and I've kind of gone along for the ride which has been super fun yeah but you've also been kind of at the peak of that as well because I feel like you were doing a lot of that like very early days before it it kind of was a very saturated market would you say a hundred percent yeah like it was always kind of from passion rather than for a career or for money or anything it was just a genuine like this has really helped me yeah. and I would love to help other people with it. And what do you think? Because you started, said you saw a natural, 
naturopath. naturopath. And this kind of this, you were drawn to this cafe, you would eat there all the time. Mm. And what do you think? And, and it was quite, it seems like it was quite a like healthy, yeah, like healthy this, organic yeah. cafe. Yeah. What do you think kind of drew you to that? What was the, because I think for a lot of people, you would just uh, get caught up in that diet culture mm. and kind of navigate it yourself but I wonder what was the kind of impetus was it the the topless gym or <laughs> you're like I was just really drawn to this cafe and the <laughs> I mean that helped I think it was because when I ate better and when I looked after myself in a kind of mind body soul way yeah I felt so much better in so many different ways my energy was better I was clear-headed I felt like before that I was always foggy couldn't think straight couldn't quite be present in the right. moment my skin got so much better maybe not today we've got a little bit of there hormonal is nothing let me, tell, let me tell you there is nothing <laughs> um, going on today but um my skin got so much better my hair started growing my energy was amazing it was like everything changed for me and my mind my body and my physical appearance but most importantly on the inside and I was like this is awesome and I want to maintain this feeling and I think you know, I really, there was enjoyment in it. It wasn't like, oh, I feel really good, but I have to do all these awful things. I was yeah. equally learning this new skill of cooking, getting interested in these new different areas, connecting with other people who are really interested in well-being. Obviously, and, well, not obviously, but in Australia, people are really into health and wellness. So I feel like I, I don't know, it was contagious. I just yeah. was really excited and interested and felt like I'd found my purpose. Yeah, I think that's so exciting to to actually be able to tune into that as well. Because like mm. as a young person, it's so easy to get caught up in that kind of cycle of going out. And I guess the group, the environment you kind of surround yourself with very much dictates where you end up and where the kind of paths you take. 100%. So I think like that's, that's such an important thing to maybe think about. It's like surround yourself by what you want to live and... Okay, must remember. <laughs> and so you you say your uh, partner is yes. still in the restaurant industry. He is yes. a mixologist. Is, is that right? Or he uh, does? I would just say restaurateur. Restaurateur. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds very sexy. <laughs> um, and how do you avoid, I know you've had a kind of, you're quite a new mother, but mm. prior to that, how do you avoid kind of getting sucked into that late night social culture of kind of being out and free drinks surely free meals <laughs> god I feel like I'm I'm such a homebody and sleep is like such a vital importance to me that I love going out and eating but more lunchtime. Yeah. I feel like for me that's like my dream time to be like out and about eating um so I feel like I've really prioritized sleep always from the beginning um and I think because I've always been a content creator of my own content like of my own recipes I've not so much been about promoting other people's restaurants and things I yeah. haven't necessarily felt got the pressure to go yeah I felt in the pressure to do that and felt the uh, the need to kind of do that so I feel like yeah it was never actually something that was like a difficult thing for me because I almost carved my path in a different way if that makes sense yeah absolutely and is there a kind of trick to staying on track? <laughs> I'm asking yeah. for a friend. <laughs> no, ask away. I feel like mindset is everything when it comes to like looking after yourself and you have to get in the mentality that it's about day to day and not about being perfect. I always say 80-20 or 70-30 or whatever your numbers you want to be. Yeah. You don't have to kind of be too particular about it, but 
trying to eat every day um, as well as possible. And I always think about the mentality of crowding in, not cutting out. Because the minute you say, I'm not eating sugar, I'm not eating chocolate, I'm not eating pizza, whatever the things you say to yourself, you're going to want them more. It's like that inner teenager in you that's like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, whatever, I'm going to go do it. So I feel like the more you're like, okay, I've, you know, I've heard that eating protein in the morning is really good. I'm going to try and eat eggs for breakfast instead of picking up, you know, that croissant, you know, on the way to work or something. I'm going to make myself, you know, overnight oats so I can grab and go if that's more your kind of lifestyle. So I feel like get excited about new recipes, eat what really works for you. Don't necessarily look at like a model and follow their diet. Like as long as we're eating like whole foods and like cooking, it's probably going to be pretty good for you. So I feel like, you know, it's all about crowding in, not cutting out, not yeah. telling yourself not to do, getting excited about foods. And I think vegetables are kind of king for everything. So yeah. like get like a fruit and veg box delivered, set that as your target for the amount of fruit and veg you're going to eat get that through week it. and get through it. You know, we all know that food waste is something we need to be reducing on. So I feel like really the mindset and, and be your biggest cheerleader. And if you have a night where you go out and you eat a kebab no worries like everyone does that and then it really isn't gonna not a kebab but I'm I'm dying to be with like a donna kebab like busted (laughs) (laughs) I feel like no for me it's more like pastries sweet stuff I don't yeah donna kebab is not necessary I love like a posh kebab like that's delicious but yeah Anyway, <laughs> we're I just needed to check. Like, I just yeah, needed to check. But like, I feel like whatever it is, whatever your so-called vice is, yeah. you know, that's not a problem. Like, I think it's all about soul food. So if you're eating it with like happiness and you're like, I love this pizza, yeah. I love this ice cream, that's great because it's giving you pleasure. It's releasing stress. It's giving you happiness. But if yeah. you're eating it in a like, I hate myself, emotional, emotional yeah. like probably like that's not really the best time to be doing it. And that's probably not the best outlet for it. There might be better to call a friend or, you know, d- do something else that will kind of fill you up in a different way. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's important to have soul food. It's important to have, you know, foods that might not be as good or as nutritious for you because actually life is about enjoyment and food is enjoyment. And yeah. I think when we put these really strict rules upon ourselves it's when actually it all kind of falls apart and it's got to be lifestyle it's got to be part of everyday life and and whatever that looks like for you whether it's like you love having pudding and you want to have pudding every day or whether it's on the weekend you want to just have two days where like you just eat whatever you want or or you pepper that through the week however you want to do that I feel like you've got to figure out what's right for you but like if on the whole most of the time you're eating well, you're getting those veggies in, you're eating good quality protein and healthy fats, then you're going to be doing great. And you're going to feel better all around anyway. So maybe you're going to want to eat the kind of the trashy food less. Exactly. I do think so. I I think that when you're, you know, I know for myself, I'm a massive emotional eater and it's not necessarily has to be bad food, but when I'm feeling stressed, like I just have an urge to eat. I think people go one way or the other. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really frustrating thing to do because you're actually like, now I feel worse. (laughs) You know, like I feel stressed. And really now I'm furious. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm furious. I've ruined everything. So, so what do you do? So you emotionally, and then then how how do you kind of come back from that? What's your? Yeah, I feel like it's it's always about you know tuning into yourself, and I feel like we don't reconnect with ourselves enough. And I feel like something simple that everyone can do 
multiple times in the day. It's like, put the hand on the heart, take three big breaths and just literally say to yourself, what do I need? What do I need in this moment? What do I really need? And like, yeah. it might be like, actually it was a glass of water. I was quite thirsty. Or like, <laughs> actually I just need a bit of breath, fresh of air. And I need to like, just kind of walk around the block and like refresh my mind. Or maybe it's like, I really need to call a friend because actually I need to talk this out or I need that emotional support. And I think we're, we lack that intuition and we numb ourselves. We numb ourselves with phones. We numb ourselves with food. We numb ourselves with television. And these are all wonderful things that we can enjoy. But I think often we, we numb our emotions and we're not connected to our emotions enough. And it's a distraction, I guess, from, from kind of tuning into that gut instinct to really tuning into what you're feeling. Exactly. And I, I think the the thing that I've learned over the last seven years more and more is that yeah nutrition is a bit a big part of well-being but it's it's just one piece and I think sometimes we put too much emphasis on it and actually you know stress sleep um your digital well-being your emotional well-being how much you connect with nature are all like pieces of the puzzle that need to have you know equal importance yeah. in kind of looking after yourself which I guess is why I kind of put them into move much and meditate yeah. um as some of the pillars but I think you know let's look after what we eat but also not take it too seriously yeah so in kind of in your household is everyone on this same page is everyone <laughs> eating the same meal sadly not no my, really my boyfriend is not into it as much he's more of a foodie I guess because he works in restaurants he's not uninterested but I think he, he like he likes kind of eating does he cook everywhere. he loves cooking okay. yeah so really will he cook cooking. a big roast on a Sunday would you and you'll sit exactly. and eat that with him yeah definitely so we try and like make foods that work for both of us he's half Indian so we do cook a lot of Indian food Amazing. and I feel like I've got into that more because it wasn't something that like I grew up with I feel yeah. like we only had like waitrose chicken tikka masala <laughs> maybe <laughs> once in a blue moon at my house right so you know Indian food is really only in the last seven years quite a new thing for yeah. me to like explore and it's amazing because you can oh my God, like vegetarian so like Indian cuisine can be incredible as well a hundred percent so yeah. yeah I feel like we make it work but I like polarity in relationships and you know kind of bringing different things to the table I feel like it's nice also being cooked for by someone else yeah <laughs> and also bringing up a child it's really I think um, maybe I was even listening to one of your podcasts yeah. where they were talking about the importance of like differences in what each yeah, partner can offer podcast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really think I'm really like hooked on the podcast I'm yeah. serious oh my god amazing yeah um in terms of what you would say the three things are which can make the quickest and biggest impact what what would you what would you be your go-to number one sleep yeah so really prioritizing prioritizing our sleep and I think modern day life gives us terrible sleep because we're watching TV till late and blue light is has such an impact on our cortisol levels and it basically is signaling to us that it's the middle of the day yeah and we need to like have lots of darkness and maybe candlelight before we go to bed um and wind down and not kind of and be like looking at our food. Or, and yeah, yeah and literally it you know if I love reading before bed but if that's not you know your thing even just like getting your clothes ready, like keeping it dark, keeping it relaxed, not being on your emails, not being on your phone for an hour before bed will really help you get in that zone. Because I think we treat ourselves like robots. We think 
we're on, we're on, we're on. And then we get into bed and we think we can switch yeah. off. And for some people, they do crash. My husband crashes and I, for some I sleep I really well, but then he's crashing and I'm like, I'm still awake. <laughs> and I've told him it's calm. I always say it's quiet time now. Yeah. <laughs> it's quiet time, like a child. It's quiet time. Because he'll still be like all excitable or being stupid about something. I'm yeah. like, no, no, this is where we just, we keep it. Yeah. I think everyone's different. We're all, you know, sensitive and different ways I think I'm more similar to you like I need to wind down yeah. because otherwise I have a million thoughts racing yeah, through my like head busy head and you're like how do I go to sleep now and you're like literally planning the next three weeks of your life or something but yeah I feel ridiculous. like we need to take sleep more seriously you know I love watching tv but like keep it just to one episode not six it's um, hard <laughs> yeah. um you know try and have that one down time get in the light as much as possible our circadian rhythm is controlled by light and dark and if we are spending so much time indoors so like as much as possible be out in the natural light you know that really triggers like our brain that it's you know the morning or the middle of the day or the evening um, and it helps us kind of produce the right hormones at the right time right so I think circadian rhythm sleep getting outdoors winding down would be number one yeah sounds like a lot (laughs) (laughs) just that small thing full-time job Um, and then number two would be to breathe I think stress is such a big uh, problem for us and I think that one of the best tools that we have and it's free and it's something that we should be doing all the time is just our breath so whenever you're feeling a bit overwhelmed whenever you notice you're not breathing just taking a big breath in through your nose out through your mouth or out through your nose whatever feels comfortable for you I feel like a count a a breath pattern of breathe in for four and breathe out for six is really nice and I think also works in an argument (laughs) <laughs> so my husband's taught me he really well, he good. counts to 10 Does if he needs he? I, don't, I, th- yeah. I hope less these days but so you can gather your thoughts take a minute before you react not be so reactionary oh, kill me for saying this <laughs> no a hundred percent I think that's such a good thing because actually sometimes it's just this outburst of rage isn't it or outburst of whatever and you kind of regret it afterwards I'm nodding I'm not, I'm not just leaving you out there on your own being like you're quite she's very ragey <laughs> she seems calm no of course mm. it is just taking that moment before the rage letting <laughs> letting loose yeah a hundred percent and I think that's like really important in work really important as a parent really important as a friend really important Mm. as a partner like you know just important within yourself when you're getting overwhelmed and feeling anxious feeling stressed feeling you know whatever you're feeling to come back to the present moment because a lot of the time we're thinking about the past or we're thinking about the future that's probably like the biggest things that cause our stress yeah so if we become more present using the breath as a tool it's a wonderful place to live yeah um and we're a better human when we're living in the present we can connect with people we can really feel what they're feeling we can be more you know empathetic and I think that's a really nice thing to be able to give to other people so it's kind of you know helping yourself and others at the same time yeah all giving so sleep breath and then my third one would be vegetables (laughs) <laughs> I agree it's, I, I yeah. said it before but I feel like nutrition is so confusing and yeah. like you know Keep even as someone who's like trained in nutrition reads about it all the time feels like they've got quite a good understanding like it can be so confusing there's always a new diet there's always there someone is. saying I did this and I feel amazing yeah. and you want to emulate that yeah. but I think the one thing we can all agree on is like 
you know, they're so nutrient dense, they're so delicious. And for so long, they've been like the side on our plate, yeah, but let's make the them the heart. Yeah. And also I think um, getting in as many colors into your diet as possible. Mm. I know like people talk about that a lot. The rainbow. The rainbow. The <laughs> rainbow, yeah. <laughs> and is that a nutritionist term? The rainbow. Anyone. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's lovely. It, it, you know, it works for adults and kids, the rainbow. <laughs> we all love a rainbow. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think diversity in vegetables but in all plants you know in nuts in legumes in uh, pulses is really important and often the time we get in a bit of a food rut you know we eat we buy the same kind of lettuce and tomato and that's the only vegetables we eat every day and actually you know what our gut thrives on is diversity and we're understanding more and more the importance of gut health it holds our, most of our immunity. It's where we absorb our nutrients. You know, it does so many amazing things. And if we're constantly putting in the exact same thing every day, you know, it's not going to be functioning optimally. So it's about diversity. It's about kind of mixing different things up. So yeah, rainbow charts, but equally thinking about diversifying all the other different foods that you eat too. Yeah. I've recently actually found that doing this sounds really organized and I'm not this no, much of an organized I can't person wait to <laughs> but actually like meal planning for the week because it is about like avoiding getting into that rut and then actually being mm. bored and not being excited about that food anymore so I think like my husband's vegetarian so I'm, I'm cooking like meat free for the most part of the week yeah and it is about like actually being excited about what you're going to eat and then being conscious about what you're putting in each dish so it's actually kind of where I've started to think about it and especially if I've got shoots or bits that I'm doing it means that like yesterday we're having homemade pasta with peas and fennel broth and this and that and it just means that okay well we've not had that for ages you know so you're you're excited about eating it and you don't feel like this is just another meal or oh also what's your thoughts on butter (laughs) because I just need this clarified for my own mind (laughs) I was very excited when butters like came back in as a a weight loss tool (laughs) I feel like maybe not as a weight loss tool (laughs) I'm just spooning it in but no I think it got a really bad rep and I think it it was the margarine kind of campaign that came in did you ever have margarine at home growing up yeah yeah we also had Lurpak and that was I would use that like cheese and still do. (laughs) So yeah, I feel like we didn't, my mum was stayed strong to anchor butter. That's her like number one brand. Um, Did they do margarine as well though? Ooh, I don't know. We always went for the hard hard one. Uh, I think we're understanding that, you know, margarine and trans fats are the, the fats that we really need to avoid. And I think fat got sort of put in this one big bracket of like all fats are bad avoid them they'll make you fat and we're understanding that actually that's not how it works it's not as simple as fat equals fat on your body um however it is quite calorie dense um and calories not what i want to (laughs) hear and calories don't digest equally like for example when you eat a handful of nuts you only absorb two thirds of the calories and the other third just goes in and out as fiber. Right. So, you know, it's not as simple as you look at the back of the pack, that's how many calories right, are in right. it. That's how many calories I've eaten today. Really confusing, I know. And how do we navigate <laughs> this now? How do I carry on eating all the butter? <laughs> so yes, butter is fine in small amounts, like everything, like even broccoli, eating too much of it isn't good for you. You know, eating everything in 
small amounts in moderation. And that, again, is not what anyone wants to hear. Everyone wants to just eat all the butter. (laughs) We lather on everything. So look, enjoy your butter. But yeah, maybe not as thick as cheese. Maybe just a butter (laughs) I'm having conversations. My husband is not only vegetarian, but he's decided he doesn't like butter. And I've decided that toast, like, doesn't come without butter. It's like, yeah, well, that's yeah. fine, but you can't have Marmite without butter. So what does he want instead? Just Marmite plain? Yes. Okay. Thick as well. And I'm just like, that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm living with. <laughs> you poor thing. I know. <laughs> well, there's more butter for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Less sharing. And then on the meal plan thing that you're saying, so weird because I was thinking this morning how I want to start doing a meal plan. And again, not, I think I've always been anti-meal plans because I'm like, oh, it seems a bit diety. Not and, strictly keep but yeah, to, but, but just I to think, be inspired by. Yeah, I think inspiration because there's nothing worse. And I feel like this happens to me all the time. It's about four o'clock and we're, me and my boyfriend are texting each other like, what should we do for dinner? There's like comedy yeah. skits yeah. about <laughs> that's what marriage is. Like, and you're not even married yet. But that is the, yeah, literally marriage is a conversation about what are we having for dinner. So I feel like I want to be like, I feel like what we need to do is just say one person's in charge and like we don't like get in any conversation with what we want boring. or we want. <laughs> yeah. Literally you decide, you know what I like, I know what you like yeah. and like you crack on because yeah. I think the minute one person's like, how about this? You're like, ooh, don't fancy that. Yeah. And actually if it was put in front of you, you'd love it. But yeah. you're just getting a bit kind of... So I feel like meal plans are the way forward. Yeah. And also for diversifying, I think it's really easy to see like, oh, you know, I'm going to eat eggs on Tuesday and Thursday and I'm going to eat fish twice a week and I'm going to eat these different vegetables and these different things you can almost like plan out your diversification through it do you know what I did a um, cookery class out in Sweden with this lady that had I think she's done something like 20 cookery books and she was kind of the Mary Berry of Sweden and it's really sad that I can't name check her now. That's so bad. I think I might have seen her. Is she blonde? She is blonde. I mean, <laughs> is she oh. Swedish or blonde? Speak Swedish. All of them. <laughs> it's um, hard to pick out. I feel like I know who she is as well. I remember seeing her make this like pea ice cream. Oh, on TV. Well, she does. Do you know what? She we went really, and did this yeah. cookery class at her house and we were talking about food cooking and mm. kind of her weekly rituals, what it looks like. Because we were in her kitchen, we, you know, we're chatting. And um, she says the one thing that she does, which is really nice with her uh, husband, is they've been married for however many years and they play. Now she's kind of semi-retired. They play golf. And she said whoever loses the game of golf every week um, has to make um, a brand new dish that they have never tried before for their Friday night dinner. Oh, that's so, so nice. And they have to go all out for it. So you're going and you're picking up project, you know, you go pick it up, you make everything, but it has to be something neither of them have ever cooked or made or had before or, you know, very recently. And I thought that's such a nice way to mm. create diversity, to be excited about food, to put effort in, to do a bit of research and I always intend to make my husband do that. It's not quite happened. <laughs> with golf or with something yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. Maybe ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, yeah. That's a great idea. And do you know what? One day a week is a really achievable thing. Because I think sometimes you're like, I'm going to do it every night and I'm yeah. going to cook a new recipe. And as much as that is really lovely, there is, you know, there's something nice about cooking the same thing and not and not putting too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. But I feel like Friday night dinner, I love that. I'm going to yeah. take that on. I think it's just, and it's also, like carving out a bit of a date at night or something mm. special where you kind of make an effort for each other and I was like that is a like I'm on board I love this I've not done it yet but I 
love it. <laughs> As an author of three books, um, where do you draw your inspiration from? Is there any kind of particular cuisine that you are drawn to most or? Where's it all coming from? Yeah, where's it all coming from? <laughs> I feel like each book has had a real purpose within itself. So Get the Glow was my first book. Yeah. And that was the kind of coin I phrase and you know, previous to the Did book someone tell out. you that you just do, because you do have crazy glowy skin. Oh, thank <laughs> you. You really do. But like, where did this come from? Well, it came from this woman. I mean, I can't remember her name. It's quite terrible because she obviously helped me with this, but I had babysat for her previously right. to kind of getting into health. And then she saw me about a year later, walking down the street in Sydney, having, you know, overhauled my diet. And she was like, oh my God, I just want to say you look great. You're glowing. You know, you look so healthy and it's so nice to see. And I was like, that is such a lovely way of describing it. Because I think a lot of the time people are like, you've lost weight. You've like, you know, I can't think, oh, you know, it's very like, and obviously glowing is about what you look like, but it's equally how you feel within yourself. It's when you're looking after your nutrition, it, it often kind of shines through, through your skin. And I thought, what a beautiful word to use and what a enticing word. Yeah. So I started doing get the glow workshops where I used to spiralize courgette and it was very revolutionary at the time. Yeah. <laughs> People were like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> what is this? Um, and I always talked about kind of skin nutrition and eating yourself to, to glow. So the first book, that was kind of the the premise of it had a six week plan. It was very much about reducing sugar in your diet, which again, at the time wasn't something spoken about, but you still stand by that. A hundred percent. I still love eating cake and I I like, but for me, I like eating cake and I know it's got sugar in. I feel like it's the hidden sugars, the sugars in bread, the sugars in pasta sauces, the sugars in, you know, all these things that like you think you're not eating them, but you are. Um, So I feel like it's about conscious um, consumption of it. And that's why I think cooking actually lends itself to really having that clarity of like, you know exactly what's in what you can Exactly, because you're putting it in. Yeah. So that was kind of the premise of that book. So it felt like it had this theme and I think it was really inspired by Australia with the recipes, which for me is like good quality produce, very fresh. Um, Amazing lot- produce. And- yeah. And quite simple. Like I feel like I was always amazed if you go to like the pub, we'd always go to this pub called The Sheaf, which is quite a big pub in Double Bay. And you'd order a tuna salad and it would be like this beautiful, like freshly cut cos lettuce with like a tuna steak that's like rare in the middle with this like ponzu dressing. And I was just like, imagine going to a pub and ordering a tuna salad in the UK like it's going to be canned there's going to be heaps of mayonnaise in there and it's going to not be fresh (laughs) it's not going to be fresh (laughs) yeah yeah but like and not that there's anything wrong with that but like that's just their style of cooking and they're coastal they're right there so you're so right you're so right it is well we're pretty coastal too yeah (laughs) when you think how big Australia is (laughs) (laughs) um but I think they just love fresh produce yeah. and you could, it's so easy to eat well there. And it's um, hotter. So I guess yeah, that it's more, you're more inclined to eat well. And also just, if you go to a pub, if you go to a cafe, you're going to have these amazing options. Yeah. Um, which I feel like the UK over the last, you know, period of time, lots of awesome restaurants have really started yeah. kind of making healthier choices on their menus, which is fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, first book was inspired by that. Second book is called uh, Ready, Steady, Glow. And that was really inspired by my readers who were like, I really like eating well, but want to do it 
you know, within a short amount of time. So it was divided into fast weeks and slow weekends. So quick meals under 30 minutes in the week. And then your weekends were for kind of your roasts and your kind of black bean chili or something where you like, you know, let's be honest, like it's just 10 times better when you cook it longer. You know, it just is not that delicious if you cook it quickly. So that was the second book. And then the third book was inspired by seasonal eating. So, um, I feel like these are all very on trend and maybe before the kind of trends <laughs> yeah. were really at the, the peak I, I trend like, setting. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was too, too ahead of my time. No, not but, at all. um, yeah, so I feel like all the recipes were kind of inspired by those themes. Um, so yeah, I think eating out, I love collecting menus. So bringing them back, looking at how chefs have kind of combined things, um, or kind of, yeah, different sources or techniques that I've seen, uh I mean Pinterest you know the internet I love looking at kind of different people the way they're cooking um yeah what's in season definitely inspires me uh and just kind of the way I eat as well I think sometimes that's just a real practical of like god yeah like I like convenience I like one pot I like you know minimal washing out exactly all these sorts of things I'm sure probably I'm not that unique yeah you know I'm probably like a lot of other people who are in a similar position to me so why not create recipes that work for them and I think because I'm not a chef I'm not formally trained you know I've worked in a cafe I feel like I cook in that way that's like for other people who are just cooking at home as well so it's maybe got that sort of connection that there's ease and you don't need to be kind of learning these yeah Yeah. particular techniques it's just home home cooked food growing up um Mm. like what did food look like kind of growing up and has that kind of affected what you eat and how you cook today or do you think it's very much kind of post this kind of reshuffle of kind of (laughs) lifestyle I feel like probably it has I feel like my mum is much more experimental now, but obviously having, there's three of us, so three kids, it's yeah. quite, you know, and runs her own business. Yeah. There was a real, like, it was a lot of pasta and bacon. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we had quite, yeah, a lot of pasta. I couldn't really Together. only remember eating pasta and bacon during the week, chicken tikka masala on a Friday. Yeah. And then like a pizza express pizza on a Saturday night. Like, I feel like that was kind of what we ate. And we probably did eat quite healthily compared to other families. Like yeah. I feel like because my parents were Kiwis, there was this kind of probably that sort of Southern hemisphere. So we ate avocados and we didn't really have any junk food at home. Yeah. Very um, ahead of the trend. Yeah. Oh so goodness. yeah, I know. I was, yeah, eating avocados way before they were cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I feel like, yeah, Food wasn't really an interest of mine, probably. I really liked baking, actually. We had this one cookbook called Ed, The Edmunds Cookbook, which right. for all Kiwis will know, it's like the the number one cookbook that families, maybe it might not be this generation, but parents' generation, like it had everything. And like, that was literally the only cookbook we cooked from right. for everything. I mean, mainly dessert, desserts, but I feel like a lot of lemon drizzle, a lot of orange cake. Oh, and then I also used to always make um, cause I don't like cheese. I know. Don't judge me on it. I've never liked it. But butter you do. <laughs> <laughs> cheese I can let go of butter. <laughs> I'm also not a fan of butter. Oh I goodness. know. It's like since I was born, like it's not, a, there's no help. <laughs> it's not a personal thing. It's, it's not a it's personal not thing. I was born that way. <laughs> Maybe this is why don't you've got the Don't judge me. Everyone, everyone hates me for it. 
Um, but because I didn't like cheese toasties, but we had a toasty maker, I used to make olive tapenade toasties. <gasps> this is Which modern. is like so Mediterranean. Random, but it was like, yeah, like a toasty bit with olive tapenade in. So that was another of my delicacies. But is that a bit dry? Um, How no, are you getting the crispy be... bit on the bread? Oh, because it was oil. in a toasty maker. Yeah, yeah. You would oil okay. the sides. <laughs> You're like... Hmm, what's going that on? That sounds like dry toast. <laughs> no, no, it was very squidgy. Um, but that's kind of all I remember cooking as okay. a child. And then I remember making a lot of cakes for people's birthdays. And then I think I had quite a bad relationship during with food during my kind of teens, so 16 to 19. I think, so at the time, one of my very closest friends passed away and my parents oh my split. God. And I think it was like a time where things were out of control and I started using food in a controlling way. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's a hard time as a teenager anyway. And I think so many, yeah, so many people kind of start having odd relationships with food at that time as your body changes and things. And I definitely feel like that's so in the past and it's not something that affects me at all now. But there were definitely years where I definitely restricted food. And I feel like the kind of, the people that I looked up to at that age were kind of Marissa from the OC and (laughs) Kate She's had a bad time since, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, and they were all incredibly slim, like women were portrayed. And and it still is a problem now, maybe less so. There's a bit more diversity, but like those were the role models of like, I feel like my teenage years. I wish I had had some kind of better role models. Um, But yeah, so I feel like I... I used it as a control mechanism. I wanted to be slimmer. Equally, I just didn't really care that much about looking after myself. I just wanted to party and kind of have a good time. So do you think the books kind of that you've written thus far are also kind of speaking to that, that kind of teen? Do they work for that kind of lifestyle? Maybe, probably not so. Like I would never want to ever like say like I'm a specialist in eating disorders or can help people. I feel like- it's very accessible. Like the books are super accessible in terms of what you can do, how you can- Yeah, I feel like they're for people who like potentially have tried a different way, whether that was- in a, in a, you know, more extreme way or more in just a, they didn't look after themselves for a long time and they want to look after themselves in a like way that- can be long term and can and yeah. be integrated into your life and can be enjoyable and can be manageable and, can, and not overwhelming because I exactly, think that's a big yeah. part so of- I feel like it could be for anyone whatever your relationship with food in the past was and I think we all have some form of emotional relationship with food because I feel like we've always been like when we had a bad day we got an ice cream we had a good day yeah. we got an ice cream so like we've always connected emotions with food so we have to always be I think aware of that emotional connection that we have with food and with that awareness do you think you will then um kind of play it out differently for your own son yeah I hope so I feel like I'm always I you know I never want to say things like oh I'm fat or you know these sorts of language around my body and and kind of not have that relationship in front of him yeah so that he doesn't pick up stuff like that and in terms of treats and ice creams how do you navigate that because it is crazy yeah it is it is a really tricky one I think it's something that I'm still learning I feel like for me it's just got to feel right so like whether it's only on the weekends or like only at a particular time because we're on holiday or something like without it being becoming the norm. Like I feel like as long as it's not- You're not constantly it's bargaining not what he expe- with it. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, exactly. There's n- it's not a bargaining tool and it's not, um, 
and it's eaten soulfully and joyfully, then that's really nice. But when it's kind of like, you're having a meltdown, so I give it to you to kind of make you be quiet. Like for me, that just doesn't work. I feel like my dad's a psychiatrist. So, you know, connecting with your feelings is really important. And it's something he's taught me from the beginning that- I don't know if this is interesting, but yeah, like when, you know, Shay has a tantrum to help him understand his feelings. So go, you're feeling really cross right now. You're feeling really sad. I'm really sorry to hear that. Like, how can, you know, can I give you a hug? Can I support you? Instead of going like either shouting and being like, be quiet, <laughs> which in your head, like it is really hard as a parent not to lose your cool. And I think yeah. that's why for me, meditation and other things are so essential for me being a good parent. But um, yeah, instead of doing that or instead of going, don't cry, have this. Like yeah. really, the more he connects with his emotions, the easier he'll uh, Process master, them, yeah, and- master them and understand them and connect with them um, rather than, you know, it's really overwhelming for children and tantrums are often like- But it's part of their just, growing up, isn't it? Yeah, is it? it's this unbelievable like rage or frustration or anger or sadness that they can't understand because they haven't- they haven't been able to really, you know, experience it in the yeah. way that we've experienced it for so many years. <laughs> we know <And> that. Still. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I feel like treats, treats are definitely part of our lives. And for me, like, I love croissants and I love, um, uh, like having popcorn in the cinema and I like having ice cream gelato and things yeah. like that. For me, those are like really enjoyable things, but like they're not something I do every single day. Yeah. And I feel like if I can just do that again with my son, um, then that's the way I do. But I know it's not easy. And like some kids are incredibly fussy. Yeah. So I think it's kind of navigating, figuring out what works yeah. for everyone. I actually remember a time when we were on holiday with our friends and it, uh, their daughter is my god goddaughter Aww. and they had held off giving her kind of any uh sugar yeah, and ice yeah. cream for like, I think she was maybe she was coming up coming up to two and we were in Sicily and we were in this like gorgeous town and we were like oh we're gonna get ice creams and they were like you know what we can we can get her an ice cream yeah. and the guy was like she was so adorable so sweet and the guy did like literally the hugest <laughs> ball of strawberry ice cream and it was literally the size of, like half the size of her head. And we were like, oh my God. And she had it and she's so well behaved and such a sweet little thing. And we just kind of watched the chaos. Really? Um, yeah, it just, she kind of just, the meltdown, just like the sugar hit. Yeah. It was like, she had this crazy high and then she just lost it. And we were all like, oh, we've done this to her. You kind of realize like, yeah. actually it's not fair to ask us a really small person to behave once you just loaded them up with sugar and kind of let them go. A hundred percent. I think you have to have, yeah, that kind of empathy and flexibility and kind of portion size as well. Yeah. Like. (laughs) It's like giving a small child drugs. (laughs) Like, oh goodness, like what have we done? Yeah. So don't do that. (laughs) Note to self. (laughs) Just a little scoop. Yeah. A small Small scoop. Small scoop, something small. Uh, Wean them onto it. Was that weird? Yes, maybe. Maybe that was it. It was from zero to a hundred. A hundred. Um... You cover a breadth of topics on your podcast, mm-hmm. which I've probably left out some of the kind of very child. Yeah, yeah, ones. it's not speaking to you. Yeah, not just yet, but I am interested. Um, and is there anything that is really off limits for you? Not that you now have to talk about them, but is there anything yeah. that you kind of feel like, no, this is my space. I like to keep this private because you're quite open, but equally it feels like there's maybe a line that you don't go beyond or... Yeah, I think boundaries are something are really important to me and something I put 
try and put in my life as much as possible. I think probably my private life in terms of like, we don't put up pictures of my son on social media. I don't really talk about my boyfriend. He doesn't like being spoken about at all. Okay. And he wouldn't have pictures of, of, of him. I have seen a picture. Have you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's you know, very handsome. He used to be like, I've done like YouTube. Yeah, video, like if you, if you If you go back, YouTube videos. Yeah, of like Christmas cocktails. Yeah, like... I feel like, yeah, so you can, you can dig deep if you really want to. Oh, I have dug deep. <laughs> um, but I, do you know, I really like it. It, it. You know, it started off being for them, but now actually for me, it draws a really uh, strict line of when I'm working, when I'm not. And I know for some people, they love sharing everything and that really works for them. But, but for me, I have to have switch off time and like the weekends and evenings are like family friends that's what it's dedicated to and I don't share any of that you won't yeah. really see me like what I got up to or where I'm out for me my social media is completely work related yeah. and that is literally it but and in a very open way like the topics yeah, that you do discuss exactly. are very you know they're I guess they're quite deep. Like the conversations you're having on the podcast, it's not that you're not delving into that, but it's so nice to hear that like division. A hundred percent. Clarity. I feel like everyone has their limits and like you have to reassess like, where's your boundary? When do you want to work? When do you not? What do you want to share? What do you not want to? And whatever that looks like for you, because we're all different, like set it. And I think, yeah, like you said, like for me, like I like authentic uh, relationships and conversations and I really like really diving deep into particular conversations but equally like it's more about learning than it is about myself if that makes sense and has there been any specific people or conversations or topics that have really struck a chord for you Ooh, lots. I feel like the thing that I'm learning about the most at the moment, I think is probably relationship. I think the relationships podcast, like I I made my husband listen to that one. I I think it's, it's such an interesting area that we are thrown into yet not, not kind of not armed with knowledge and actually really make up a huge part of your happiness, you know, your relationships with whoever they are. And I think, if we can be a bit better in our relationships, life is easier. So I'm definitely interested in that, working on that and and understanding my, the fact that I have both light and shadow in myself. I think I've always told myself the story that I'm like this nice, sweet, kind person, which I would say I am all the time. That seems most a kind time, thing to say to yourself. But equally, I do have that shadow side, which we all do that gets jealous that gets frustrated that gets angry yeah and I think sometimes I'm not as accepting and understanding of that side so I feel like I'm trying to embrace all of me yeah um which is a, a really great thing to do and I I feel like I'm just excited to get older I'm turning 30 next month so may, I don't know when this is coming out in March yeah uh, and I'm really excited to come into this new decade that is good yeah I'm excited to be like more kind to myself, more confident in myself, more like wise. Yeah. I feel <laughs> I like the expectation, I'm like, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and it just, it literally, it's overnight. You just I wouldn't believe up it. and it's like, yeah. bam. And, it, and you feel lighter. <laughs> um, it is not the case. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> um, I think the other topic, I haven't had it as much on my podcast, but I think it's going to be like, the next big trend and like the thing more and more of us are talking about is light right. and kind of the impact of blue light, 
the do you have disruption the blue light glasses? I do. Do you and do you use them? I got that. I've got the blue light glasses and the computer glasses. Oh really? Yeah. And no. it's made a difference. Honestly, like I didn't wear it the night the night before last and I wore it last night and the difference in my sleep was huge. Is that just before you go to bed if you're on your So I, I wore it from six PM onwards. Oh. I, in my mind, I really want these to be like really wild style glasses or something. I just—I want them to be like in the cinema when they're three D or something. I bought some you know, like John Lennon style ones, oh, you yeah. know, that kind of circular yeah. style, which I feel like is a little bit cooler than the ones that I've got. I'm like, really doesn't matter. I'm just at home by myself. Well, not by myself, but you know, no one yeah. really cares. But um, I feel like the impact of light is so huge. Like, there's so much research done on because how much it affects our cortisol levels. Just like the light from our, you know, everything that's around mm. us, how it's aging us, how it's, you know, could have a link with diabetes, really? how it's impacting our sleep. I feel like everything's going to have to get rewired. Like, you know, all our lights, you know, we're going to have to change to red lights instead of, you know, I want to rewire our house. I want to... <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it's going to be like the red light district coming by here. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what you're literally talking red lights? So... No, it's in a red frequency. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that That's a little mood change. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. It's really sexy in that house. <laughs> oh God. But I feel like I'm I'm on it. I'm on yeah. a like overhaul of, of light and, and just a, a better relationship with yeah. my phone and, and laptop and yeah. screens and things like that because I do think I probably look at it more times than I would like to. Yeah. Because that is actually one of my other questions was like, mm. how do you cultivate that healthy relationship with social media and use it to the kind of it, the best of its, your ability? I don't know. Yeah. How do you, you, you know, use it to make and make it work for you? I feel like it's such an interesting question and something that I've had, you know, over the past seven years of being online, I've had to like really, I've gone through so many different waves of yeah. like excitement. I went through definitely a year where like, I had like three staff and like they did everything and I was like so unconnected to everything. Was that brilliant? Because that's... Mm, see, I'm I like, thought... I, I want that. I've thought about this yeah, a lot. Yeah, I thought I wanted that, but actually I now have one girl and that's perfect for me. I think... Who does social media? Uh, she does a bit of everything, okay. but I'm probably more hands-on with it than I used to be. But I actually feel like I miss the creativity. I don't love... Um, being online all the time, but I love the creativity of it. And I love, you know, the cooking and, and the coming up with ideas and things like that. So I really miss that. And I think sometimes you think you want something, right? And you think you want to be this, I thought I want to be this big businesswoman with like all this team. And I thought that would make me feel empowered. But actually for me, freedom and flexibility and creativity are actually my most important things. Yeah. And that me for me means a smaller team. Um, so I've gone, I've gone through so many waves of being on it, being off it. Yeah. And I, I feel like the best thing for me is to have boundaries right. every week instead of having a month off and then on it, you know, yeah, like yeah. all the time. So always off in the evenings, try and never look off, look at it after 7pm. I have an alarm clock. Amazing. Because wow. also now you, <laughs> now you get notified of your, your screen time. And I'm I like, oh, that's like ripped. I mean, you can yeah. easily lose hours, but I'm like, that's... So yeah, no, it is a bit scary, Crazy. isn't it? So yeah, so try and yeah, switch off in the evening again with my computer. I love, I'm such a TV. I love that's watching television. Grumbling. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and then weekends as well. So I have a Nokia. 
uh, phone. Okay. Is it? And that's my phone. So if you called me, I would pick up on Nokia. Diddle, 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 diddle. What's it like the ATT or like exactly. some of the really old ones? So it has Snake on it. Um, and Are honestly, you serious? Oh, yeah. So it's literally, all you can do is text and call and Snake. And it's the best thing that's happened to me because I felt like a lot. So I don't work on Fridays. And I don't work on the weekends. And a lot of the time I just felt like when I was playing with my son or he was at the playground, I was looking on Rightmove or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Instagram or my emails. And I was just like, you know what? Like I, you know, I really wanted to be a mother and I really love being a mother now that I am. And like, I feel like if I'm not putting my presence into it, then what's, why what's done, the point? Yeah. Like, why, why didn't I just play on my phone by myself somewhere else? You know, yeah. so... I feel like I'm not disciplined enough not to look at it because it is so addictive. Yeah. Like there's a reason, like it's made to be addictive. There's a lot of very smart people who have made And do you always find addictive. it quite um, positive looking at social media? Do you ever get the, the kind of negative where you, where you feel like maybe you're not doing enough or like oh, any of- A hundred percent, yeah. And I think that's why I end up okay. doing Because I think you need a break for your eyes, for your mental health. Yeah. So yeah, Friday's just, to Saturday, Sunday, I won't be on anything. And is your partner on social media? Not to talk about him too much? Um, he went off it for like a year completely, deleted everything. And now I've seen him creeping back. I've seen him watching my stories. Oh. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he, you know, for him, it's kind of work related rather than right, right. Uh, social related. Yeah. But um Yes, for me, the reason why I have to be more disciplined, the reason why I have to be stricter is I definitely get in that kind of comparison cycle. I haven't done enough. I haven't posted enough. That person's launched this. I should be doing it's that. It's crazy. And, you know, you you, you you open it up and whatever your weaker spots are, which probably for me are work, even though work is going really well, I'll always be like, you're not doing enough. So yeah. I have to have... I have to limit it. Otherwise it can be too much. Or like I should be living back in Australia on the beach. Yeah, or I know. My life could be so much better if this happened or whatever. So, you know, and I think that's something that we're all facing no matter who we yeah. are, because we'll, we can compare ourselves on so many different levels. Mm. So I feel like I've got to, I've got to have that disconnection. And that's why my Nokia is so great because like, bring you know, back the Nokia. Bring back. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like look, there's a, there's a place for smartphones, and like I will bring it out with me on the weekend off for Uber for maps, uh, you know, for, for but those you'll things. Have it off until you need but, it. Exactly, but it won't be. It's it's just having it there to flick through and stuff yeah. for those moments in between and I think we're not bored anymore and that's a real problem I agree we're lacking imagination we're we're, we're anxious because we're filling time and we're not confronting those feelings because I think boredom's often where you think and you you daydream but you also process thoughts and you go through and we're we're totally missing out on that and because yeah. of that I think we're so anxious we're so stressed because we don't have that downtime we're always on we're always comparing ourselves we're always stimulating ourselves through games or other mm. things and I think actually bring, bring back Nokia bring back boredom <laughs> and a board game <laughs> all of <And> those <laughs> the bees yeah um as a nutritionist what comes first for you is it nutritional content or is it flavors Ooh, where do you start that's a re I've never been asked that question that's Ooh. great I would probably say ingredients, which might be nutritional content. It might be just that we'd go first and flavors will come yeah. second. 
Um, like if you see something that's delicious and you're like, I want to cook with that or. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like in the fridge or it's in season. Yeah. Let's be real. It's like, what's in the fridge? That's, what, that's my favorite thing. Like, what have I got and what can I make? Exactly. So, yeah, it's probably kind of along those lines. Um, and, you know, often, you know, I'm catering for you know, my boyfriend who doesn't like this and my son who doesn't eat that. And, you know, so you are kind of, there's a bit of compromise and shuffle around, but I'd probably go, yeah, ingredient first, flavor second, and then a probably nutrition last for balance. So I'd be like, okay, what else should it's, I do yeah, like it's quite heavy on this. Let's add in more color, more this. Yeah. Or like, can we top it off with that to kind of make it a bit more of a balanced yeah. plate? So that's probably the process that yeah. it goes through, which I've never thought about before. In terms of your career, what would you consider to be your biggest achievement? What are you most proud of? Definitely my first book. Okay. I think because I, n- I never imagined that would be a possibility for me. When I met my manager, who's like kind of like my agent, she said to me, where do you see yourself in five years time? Do you want to write a book? And I was like, no, that's what Jamie Oliver does. Like, it's not what I, I would do. You know, I really... And how did a manager come about for you? So I was talking a lot about reducing sugar this journalist saw it on my blog. I don't know how, I guess it was quite revolutionary at the time. She said, I would like to do um, an article on you about giving up sugar and I'm going to try it out and I'm going to record what I see. Yeah. And uh, we're family friends, my manager. So my mum (laughs) sent it to her mum and she sent it on to Alice and she saw it and she was leaving her job at a big agency starting up on her own and kind of had seen this new emergence of new talent which was you know very digital very kind of create content creator yeah she has health and wellness or just this kind of new format this new format and I guess was very innovative and you know has grown the company she's now got 14 people and she's doing so well she's the most amazing woman um, and she just took me out for coffee and was like, I'm kind of starting my own, like, these are the ways I could help you with these kinds of things. Yeah. And I guess we've kind of grown together, like both of us entering this new industry. Yeah. Um, and she had worked in publishing for quite a while with her other clients from where she used to work. And we wrote a bit of proposal. Lots of people said no. And Orion, my publisher, said yes. Yeah, I feel like it was a real achievement. And I feel like, you know, so many of those kind of limiting beliefs that got programmed in me as a child of like my English teacher who was like, you'll never get more than a C in English A-level because you're, because re- I'm positive. really dyslexic. <laughs> and I got an A, so whatever. <gasps> yeah. You know, so like all these people that kind of told me to be small during my life and it felt really mm. liberating because having not been the best at lots of things you know and I feel like I turned out okay um it felt really good to be like wow you know off my own back I've really achieved this and yeah and and had this innovative new idea and I'm doing something that I really enjoy so it felt what kind of what would you say really drives you and pushes you forward to continue on this journey Ooh, um lots of things I think that my motivation is ever-changing I think At the beginning, it was very like, I want to feel better and I want to, you know, and then when I felt better, it was like, I want to maintain this feeling and 
I want to, you know, feel good every day. And then I guess as it's become more of a business, it's like, I want to support my family and, and, you know, look after my son and be able to give him an amazing life. So I feel like, I guess my motivations have changed, but in a kind of personal level, it's probably quite similar. It's just like, I know when I'm looking after myself in all these different areas, I am a better human. I work more efficiently. I am nicer. I am kinder to myself. I have more energy. So that that for me is my motivation. It's really completely internal. Um, and I just find, you know, I, there are times where like, I just go through ruts of like feeling tired and not wanting to look after myself yeah. and not eating as well. And I, I know that it's a vicious cycle and like, it's harder to break and it's, you know, you know, you just can't be bothered to kind of get back in the swing of things. But when I do take that extra time, I feel like it gives me back time. And I, I don't know, that's my motivation is just that internal feeling of energy, clear head, sleeping well, feeling good and, and able to kind of live life to the fullest. Yeah. That sounds a bit cheesy, that no. last line. <laughs> and I'm going to just use that caption. <laughs> um, and what do you still want to accomplish? Ooh. So this year, I would like to write another book. Yeah. I'm writing a proposal at the moment. I felt like I had a bit of cookbook fatigue yeah. after doing three. And I, I also had a baby. So that was quite, yeah. <laughs> quite a big thing. Yeah. Um, Just that small thing know, that, of growing a human. That thing. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I've got this... I can't share too much, but I've got this this new passion inside of me of this idea of what I want yeah. to write about. So that's something I really want to to open and launch. Um, and do you think you'll go more into the kind of mother parenting sector? I thought I would, but no, oh. I'm actually. I thought I was thinking lifestyle. Like, oh, okay, no. more lifestyle, more general. Okay. I was really leaning towards that, but then I felt like actually a lot of the stuff was for everyone, and I didn't want to like pigeonhole it okay is the yeah, word yeah. so that is something that I feel within me um other things I want to achieve in my career I feel like I've got it quite good now but want to continue it just work-life balance yeah for me that's like really important I think burnout is such a huge problem mm. that we're seeing especially when you work for yourself it's very easy to kind of push all the way mm. to the end so work-life balance is something I really want to achieve and continue uh a book and a book worth work <laughs> balance, a book um probably Tom, twins yeah <laughs> just yeah in, just in the next year <laughs> I, w- I would also like to have another baby okay um but car- yeah more career-wise I think really keep growing and learning I think the thing that I find yeah. I know when I get a bit complacent a bit stale is when I'm not learning and I'm not growing and I yeah. think I have to put in that time and effort yeah. and I saw a life coach last year when I was feeling a bit flat and he talks a lot about how creative people need time and whatever fills them up, whether that's walks in nature or, you know, whatever those kind of, that's mine, but like yeah. whatever those things are that really feed you um, and they're unrelated to work, but they feed your creativity. So I feel like I want to achieve um, just that, keep that thirst for knowledge, that keep learning because yeah. food is a great place to keep learning nutrition is a fantastic place to keep learning yeah. um and I think the more I keep learning the more it keeps my passion alive and yeah. I feel like I'm in such a wonderful place where I love my career but I've also got to keep that uh, I've got to keep fed and I've got to keep excited about it yeah. so if I 
keep doing that this year that would be great yeah <laughs> do you still do your so you do you work as a nutritionist seeing clients so no I don't actually oh, I did I you, used you to yeah, yeah but it just got too much for me and okay. talking about work-life balance I had to set a lot of boundaries and it was really fun and I really really enjoy it and I like that one-on-one with people but for me I felt like I couldn't be as creative and I really like the creativity of my podcast, of working yeah. with brands, of projects. And, and the variation that all of that brings, I guess. Exactly. And working from home. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really want to see clients in my house. It was very much in town. And having a child, it's always ever changing. There's a bug going around. You've got to pick of them course. up. You know, there's something else, you know, drop off and pick up is such a short window of time that actually I'm so efficient working from home. Um, I can get as much done without the commute. So I really try as much as possible to do everything from home, just from an efficiency level. Um, So yeah, it's not something I do. Maybe I'll pursue it in the- Go back to it. I've always got it. I've got the qualification. I can go back there, but it doesn't speak to me at the moment. Yeah. Okay. What's your one bit of crucial advice that you would give to anybody else starting out that's kind of got that same ambition drive as you have? Or what do you think that would be? So- this is the piece of advice that I got given when I left Australia. So I had a leaving party, all my Aussie mates, you know, with their surfboards. Have you been back? I have been back, okay, yeah, good. a few times. Um, they sent me off and I was speaking to this friend who's a yoga teacher and I said to him, you know, I want to set up a blog and I want it to be about nutrition and health, but I feel like there's so many other people doing what I'm doing and, you know, I'm not sure. And, you know, all these kind yeah. of self-sabotaging so, thoughts yeah. were just spitting out. And he was like... Maddie, there's only one you and you will bring Maddo. Maddo. (laughs) Maddo. Yeah, it probably was Maddo. Maddo, there's only one you. I've got to stop doing the accent. (laughs) I'll be more serious. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Sarah. He's like, Maddie, there's only one you and you'll bring something different that no one else will to this world. And it like literally struck me. And it's one of those things where maybe I might have read that before or heard it before, but in that moment, it just struck me like a lightning bolt. And it's something that when I'm going in, you know, that comparison cycle or when I'm uncertain of what I should do, I come back to that, that saying, that feeling. And I think, you know, that it's quite hard to have original thought these days, let's be honest. And that doesn't matter because, you know, if you think of something like, innocent like there were smoothies beforehand but they really made something innovative new about it and it's the same with every industry like I feel like we can all bring our unique power to it Um, and that's where you get attracted to that company that person whatever it is so I feel like that's the advice that like has really helped me and the thing that I say to people all the time because I feel like it's that first hurdle to get over to start something and when you kind of know that you're unique, when you know that you'll bring something different, I think that really spurs you on. Well, at least it did for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so much of what you accomplish is down to having that innate confidence and believing that you can do it and putting everything Mm. you've got into it. I think that's always so important. Yeah. And I think confidence breeds confidence. So like the first tracks. Yeah. And the first time you do it, you'll feel like, oh my God, what, what am I doing? Like we were talking about podcasting before, you know, the first time you do something like you're not going to be the best at it. No one is, but the more you're confident, the more you go into it, like, like you said, people will be attracted to you. Like things will happen for you. Um, and you just do get better at it. So I think just it's that first hurdle to get over. 
yep. and then just keep on going. And back to the important things, mm-hmm. date nights, <laughs> where are you eating out at? Okay, so we're in Southwest London. So locally for us um, is a place called Swaff on, okay. Bat- on Battersea Rise, which is like really amazing French food, super delicious, has like a kind of wonderful atmosphere, like beautiful kind of wooden uh, chairs that all mismatched. Yeah. Um, and it just has a really nice vibe. And I don't know, just been going there for years and you just go there and you always have a fantastic meal. Okay. <laughs> Another <laughs> uh, favorite is a, an Indian and it's very authentic. Okay. Like it's not um, very chic at all. It's in Tooting yeah. and it's called Lahore Karaki. Okay. So that's really like good for like a really good Indian. Yeah. But I, do you know what? We've not been doing as many date nights. I feel like we need to bring back the date night yeah. more and more. But I feel like we do cook at home a lot, yeah. um, which is really nice. Um, or go to lunch. Medler is another place. I've still not been, yeah. Have we not? Yeah, on New King's Road, yeah. which is just like, I don't know what they put in the food, but it's just it's so delicious. good. <laughs> good. I'm okay. always like, how have you actually made this possible? Because <laughs> I, I feel like I know recipe. how to cook, but I don't know how to cook to like this. That. Yeah, really. <laughs> and they don't have a cookery book yet. I keep an eye on that. Mm, no, I feel like they need to keep those secrets yeah. in house. <laughs> so we're at that point in the podcast where you produce your go-to sandwich and I get to eat it. What are you going to be making for me today? Oh my God, was I meant to bring it all? <laughs> Oh my god, I love that this is the second person. (laughs) You're supposed to make a sandwich, but you don't have to. You can talk me through what you would make. So for me, it would be rye bread. Yeah. Because, I don't know, like, I think my mum has always eaten rye bread and it's like just been part of like our our lives and I just love it. So like really seedy, uh, lots of like pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds, rye bread. And then it would be hot uh, smoked salmon, but like a like a fillet of it oh okay so like almost like slightly glazed and barbecued okay uh and then horseradish pickled beetroot and rockets oh that sounds delicious so i've got i'm so sorry no got, not at all i've got some smoked salmon and rye bread <laughs> in the fridge we can do a version of that no do you know what we can because what i may do is i may get you to share the recipe with me Let's all that, that. and then i can share that okay <laughs> I love that this I'm gonna have to be so clear aren't I I'm like like the night before buy the ingredients send you the ingredients list um okay well this has been so not at all (laughs) you're like I was really excited to eat it yeah but that was delicious thank you very much let's pretend put some cheese really nice but add cheese and mayo Yeah, I'm going to say the one thing that's missing. Um, while we're here, can we have a quick peek in your fridge? Because yes. I know that you're very open about what's in your fridge, but I just thought maybe catching you on the hop, we could just yeah. check. Let's have a quick look. I feel like Talk it, me through it. it's quite empty, but I do try and do that because I'm trying to be really keen on food waste. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to buy things like as they go. Okay. Okay, so let's start to the left. So we've got some fresh coriander uh, in water. Yep. We've got some wine, which is... A nice Chardonnay. A Chardonnay. Santa Barbara. Uh, we've got some kefir, which is like a fermented coconut yogurt, which I'm just trying to put through my son's porridge in the morning to add like some probiotics into yeah. his life. And also that's quite a nice way to do it 
Because normally you do it with milk or it's confused maybe with milk, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so, so it's, it's like a, a dairy-free option. Yeah, and then quite a lot of dairy-free milk. So I've got hazelnut and oat as well. Delicious. Which is plenish. And then lots of kind of sauces. So Kimchi I'm seeing. Yeah, we've got kimchi. We've got uh, sriracha, hot, yeah, chili sauce. Lots of different kind of... What is that bandido? Uh, a piri piri sauce. Oh, that looks like it's, it's a cool brand. Yeah, isn't it, it is, isn't it? That looks like it's gonna be hot. So yeah, I love like probably like the things that I always have sauce wise is miso paste. Yeah, white which or is a there. Brown. pesto, which is the best pesto. Ooh. So white miso paste. White miso. Yeah, that, I feel like that's so good for dressings like salads yeah. and hazelnut pesto. And then somewhere here is harissa, which is I feel like I that- feel like you can put those like. With One everything. of those three, like, yeah. it's going to go. And you've got a tasty meal. Also, it's quite pleasing to see um, a really healthy shelf of condiments because I feel like that's, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm probably ebb- ebbing on two shelves. Oh, of have you? Yeah. I feel like you just need them. Like, yeah, I love putting capers in, like, we've got capers there, cap- yeah. putting capers in things. Yeah, horseradish here. Like, I feel like, yeah, cornichons. Like, I just feel like they just make a meal. Yeah. Uh, and then vegetables, like spinach, carrots, and then some courgette, and then um, alfalfa and broccoli sprouts. So, I'm quite into like microgreens and yeah. like, you know, really concentrated powerhouse things like that. So, I'll just, I feel like they're really nice to add to like sandwiches, add to salads, yeah. add to the side of things. And what's your thoughts on plastic free? I'm trying what, what length <laughs> like well as you can see not completely plastic free but I do try like I'll try with all like veg to do loose apart from I guess things like spinach and yeah. stuff like it's it's maybe impossible yeah. I don't really know I started um, buying the frozen like organic frozen spinach you can get that's it, a like, really bulk, good idea all, yeah already mush we do we yeah. do actually just have frozen uh and then I've got some smoked salmon. I've got some rye bread. Yes, delicious. <laughs> so we could have gone. It's what could have been. We could have done halfway <laughs> until I uh, looked pretty shocked. But yeah, I would say probably more vegetables often, but I am trying to just buy small amounts because I find when I do a big week shop, that's when I'm often throwing away yeah. things. Um, so I never keep eggs in a fridge. That's like a pet hate of mine because if you poach an egg which I love a poached egg the yolk's always cold because I never never, unless you leave out to room temperature and then wait um so I always have eggs at room temperature okay note to self do not (laughs) never give me a cold poached egg (laughs) this has been so nice thank you so much for having me 